Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 23, and I'm riding solo this week. Josh is moving to a different apartment. Awesome for him. Um, so yeah, if you want to be thinking about him, he shall be back soon, if not by the next episode. And yeah, so it's just me this week, so I hope that's okay with you. If not, I'm sorry. Also, I'm kind of congested. It's allergy season, so yeah, you're stuck with my congested voice. But thankfully, we have a lot of news topics today, and I asked for your questions, movie-related questions, so that'll be our discussion today. It's just kind of questions that you propose to me, movie-related. But first of all, before we get to any of the news, I recently saw, well, last weekend... My wife and I saw Fighting With My Family, the new WWE Studios film, uh, more or less portraying the real-life story of former wrestler Paige. So I wanted to give my quick thoughts on that. I really, really enjoyed this movie. It is very much a standard paint-by-the-numbers sports story, but it's fascinating because it's more or less true. They, of course, take some liberties as any based on a true story, does. However, I really liked it, and that's due in no small part to the cast. The cast was really charming, really likable. Her whole family, um, Florence Pugh, I believe is the name of the actress, does a fantastic job as Paige. I just saw Paige the whole time. Her voice was spot on. The mannerisms were spot on. I had a great time with this movie. The only minor inconveniences I had with it, or minor nitpicks, um, were stuff that only like diehard wrestling fans would notice, like... Um, she made her, the real page made her debut in 2014 and a lot of the graphics and videos don't really line up timeline wise. It's a lot of logos and stuff for the current WWE product and not that timeline, but those are really small nitpicks of a diehard wrestling fan that watches on a weekly basis. That's going to notice that stuff, but by and large, it was really funny, had a lot of heart some great moments. I really enjoyed fighting with my family. It may not be destroying at the box office, but I would highly recommend it, even if you're not a wrestling fan. But if you are, you might get a little bit more of the in-jokes, but it's still a great time to be had. Also, don't expect The Rock to be a huge factor in it, even though he's all over the posters and the commercials and everything. He's a small role, but a good role nonetheless. So, getting right into our actual news for the day... The first one kind of makes me a little bit sad, but I can't say it's anything surprising, really. And that is that Samsung will stop, supposedly will be stopping making Blu-rays. They're not making new versions of Blu-ray players. So is this the beginning of the end of physical media, like Blu-rays or DVDs? Unfortunately, I kind of see it as that, but to say that's surprising is would be kind of ignorant. It's... But no secret, at least to me, who is an avid collector of Blu-rays and DVDs, whenever I can get them or can afford them, I, I'm not dumb. Most people are switching to streaming. I like them because I'm a collector. I like collecting paraphernalia or um, movies, Blu-rays, pop figures. I like collecting things, but I'm not dumb. This, this just screams to me that we're moving more towards a streaming-only and physical copies will die whether that's like in store places definitely going out um like GameStop well then again GameStop kind of buried themselves um and I wish I had sympathy for them but I don't uh, yeah we're kind of losing that 
physical media, and that makes me sad. I'm going to wonder what to do with my movie collection. I will still hold on to my Blu-ray player. I will still hold on to my DVD player. As long as I still have a TV that can play my discs that I have, I will keep them for a long time. And if VHSs, like those classic Disney VHSs, are anything to go by, these could be worth something in a couple years. Who knows? It just makes me sad that we're moving away from it. I may just be that grumpy old man to... Oh, I, I like how it is. It doesn't need to change. But I do. I like my Blu-rays. They're, it's different. It's like reading a comic book on paper as opposed to reading it on your tablet. It's different. You like seeing the visuals of having a big movie collection as opposed to, look how many movies I have on my tablet. Isn't it awesome? It's not the same. I'm going to miss DVDs. Am I blowing this a little bit out of proportion? Maybe, but I think this is the beginning of the end for physical media because if Samsung, the number one distributor of Blu-ray players, is saying, hey, we're not making Blu-ray players anymore, then I think other industries, insiders like Sony, uh, Panasonic, everybody like that, they're going to follow suit. And that makes me sad, but I'm going to hold on to my collection for as long as I possibly can, even if nobody else is these days. In other news, the past day or two ago, I believe, we got a new trailer for X-Men Dark Phoenix, or just Dark Phoenix. I guess there's no X-Men at the beginning of this. Um, as a whole, I'll say that this trailer doesn't look that bad. However, I do still firmly believe, with my whole heart, this movie's gonna be hot garbage. I think this movie... And this trailer kind of confirms it to me. It just looks like a remake of X-Men The Last Stand, which is not a good thing because that's arguably one of the worst X-Men movies besides maybe X-Men Origins Wolverine. Which, fun fact about X-Men The Last Stand, that was actually the first PG-13 movie I saw in theaters with my dad. And I didn't mind it at the time. Now I go back and watch it, and that was it's awful. But Dark Phoenix really doesn't look that good and from the trailer which they give away a major spoiler that josh and i have been shouting to the clouds for months that it's gonna happen i'm not gonna spoil it for you the listener at home because i don't believe in spoilers but this trailer kind of more or less spoils something really big that josh and i have been claiming for a while but the trailer makes me more nervous because sophie turner is gonna be playing gene gray the dark phoenix character as she did previously her acting does not seem very good in this trailer. She seems very wooden, very awkward. Um, I'm, I was nervous for this movie before. This trailer, it's not a bad trailer, but I'm still super nervous for this movie. I don't think it's going to be very good at all. Um, yeah, I just, Fox, let's just get this over with. Let's just move the X-Men to Disney to join the MCU. It may take some time, but let's just, let's just move away from this. You guys... You gave it your best shot. You batted maybe about 50-50. So cut your losses, and let's just move on. So we also had the Oscars the past weekend, and to everyone's surprise, it was a lot better than anybody expected. That being said, I didn't watch because I had no interest in it. But there were some pleasant surprises. Thank goodness Into the Spider-Verse won. We had Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse win for Best Animated Feature Thank goodness the Academy finally got one right, and they didn't just do a Lego movie. I still haven't forgiven them for that, even though it was five years ago. Um, Black Panther surprised me. 
in that it won three Academy Awards. I forget which ones, but now the MCU has its first Academy Awards, which kind of surprised me that they haven't won it for anything before. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Bohemian Rhapsody stealing best sound editing away from my A Quiet Place, which A Quiet Place really should have deserved it more than Bohemian Rhapsody. And I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody only won it because it was a music-related movie. But the sound editing for that film in particular wasn't anything special, just like how it won for best editing. The editing also in Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't anything special, but whatever. Props to Rami Malek for winning best actor, though, when he played Freddie Mercury. Good for him. We will get to Freddie, uh, we'll get to Rami Malek later in the news because something very interesting has come up that I'm actually very much on board with, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the Oscars seem to actually go up in the ratings. Supposedly it's gone up for the first time in a couple of years, so maybe they should not have a host more often. Or if nothing else, just have Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper promise to sing every year for the Oscars. Maybe then people will watch. I didn't watch it, but apparently it was pretty good. People were happy with the winners. They were surprised with the winners. People were surprised Green Book won. I'm really not, but um, yeah. It doesn't make me want to see Green Book or Roma or any of the other ones that were nominated. It's a weird year for Oscars, but um, I'm happy we're moved past it, and we have a new batch of movies coming up within the next year that I'm sure we'll whine and complain about come award season next year. Um, this next news story, I have no emotional connection to it, but it was worth reporting that the actor that played Black Manta in the Aquaman movie, also the one of the circus performers from The Greatest Showman, but, um, that was my first exposure to him because I saw a Greatest Showman before. Uh, he has been cast in Jordan Peele's new version of the Candyman movie, which is a horror slasher from, I believe, the 90s, featuring that guy from the Final Destination movies. As someone that has not seen a single one of the Candyman movies and knows nothing about it, I kind of just shrug and go, cool? Because I don't know that much about the Black Manta actor or Candyman. That being said... As much as I wasn't a huge fan of Get Out, and I think it's kind of overrated, I like Jordan Peele in a horror role. I see a lot of potential in him as a horror director. I'm super excited to see Us later this month. I think that looks super interesting. So I have faith in his direction for Candyman. I'm really curious to see where he goes with it. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what to make of it, considering I don't know anything about Black uh, the actor, really. I've only seen him in a couple things. I know even less about Candyman. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll have to just wait and see. But I figured that was something worth noting for those of you that are either Black Manta actor fans. I really need to just know his name, but whatever. Or fans of the Candyman franchise. Is it a franchise? Oh, well. Um, Next up is one that I do know a little bit more about, and that is Will Smith in Suicide Squad 2. So it is currently being reported that Will Smith will not be returning to the role of Deadshot in James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2, also known as The Suicide Squad, because the makes all the difference. Um, I'm hearing from different sources, whether it's James Gunn's side of it or Will Smith's side. I'm not entirely sure whose side of the story it is that they don't want him to come back. I'll be more curious if they just don't want Will Smith to come back or if they just aren't factoring in the character of Deadshot in 
to suicide the suicide squad because as a concept the suicide squad from what we've heard is more or less going to be started from scrap starting from scratch i mean uh whole new roster whole new actors except for margot robbie's harley quinn i think this works because the suicide squad as a unit always does have a rotating roster hence the name suicide squad anybody can die at any given moment that's why they're there they're there to be killed off for those missions that it's too dangerous for everyone else. So you can have a couple different other characters, except for Harley Quinn, because merch sales. Um, as much as I like Will Smith, I don't feel like he was irreplaceable in Suicide Squad. I really liked him in Suicide Squad, but I don't think people went to the movies just to see him. I think people were interested in the concept of Suicide Squad. They liked Harley Quinn, and they liked Deadshot, but they don't really need to see him come back also, Will Smith has this weird track record of bad decision-making for movies, so I hope this isn't one of those that comes back to bite him in the butt. Uh, case in point, he turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix so he could be in the movie Wild Wild West. That worked out real well for him. Um, he turned down Django and Chain, which later went to Jamie Foxx. That worked out real well for him. Yeah, so I... I don't know. In the past couple of years, Will Smith has taken some weird acting choices, whether that's seven pounds. Um, what's that? Uh, there was one where he like his daughter just died. And so his co-workers pretend to be the embodiment of love, time and whatever else. It was super weird. He's made a lot of weird choices. And don't get me started on Genie. Will Smith made a lot of weird choices lately. Um, and I really hope this doesn't come back to bite him in the butt and he just wants a clean break from everything. Or maybe it's Disney saying, hey, we're not on the best terms with James Gunn. We have you in as Genie. I don't think that's the case, but I I don't really know. It could just be Will Smith's ego. Could be James Gunn has no purpose for the dead shot character in the movie and just doesn't want Will Smith to come back. I don't know. But it is kind of a big void for the movie. That being said, I'm not entirely going to miss it. I am still excited to see The Suicide Squad, and I still have it on record saying I think Dave Bautista will join his buddy James Gunn in The Suicide Squad. So far, it's just Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn coming back. I will say i much rather see Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang come back than Will Smith's Deadshot. I liked Captain Boomerang more than Deadshot, but we'll see. I It's all up in the air right now. What is also up in the air is... Pikachu, after he had a lot of fun in his new Detective Pikachu trailer. I enjoyed the crap out of this new trailer. This was great. This trailer was so much fun. I've already been on board with this movie for quite a while, but this trailer made me even more on board because it just looks so cool. They seem to really have nailed the designs for the Pokemon, which, um, quick side note, I didn't really grow up with the Pokemon. I wasn't a huge Pokemon fan as a kid. I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh person and like a diehard Yu-Gi-Oh person at that. But as someone that is kind of familiar with like overall designs of like, I can recognize who Mewtwo is, who Squirtle is, Pikachu, Charizard, the big name players. It's so cool to see them represented this way of like, they look so cool. Some people are like, they look creepy. I don't think they look creepy at all, except for the mime. But I think he's supposed to look creepy. Um, even as someone that didn't grow up with Pokemon, I lost it when I saw Mewtwo in the trailer. He looks so great. I don't... The trailer kind of fleshes out more of the storyline this time around of 
the kid and Pikachu teaming up to find the kid's dad, I believe. I think it's his dad. Um, but it just seems like a lot of fun, and they seem to have really nailed the designs of Pokemon. I, Because I don't think he'll actually go back and listen to this, I'll go on record saying, Josh, you may have been at least partially right. I don't think Pokemon Detective Pikachu is going to be the number two box office movie this year. But I may have underestimated its box office, whereas you did not. So, I think you may be right about this. Partially. Again, I highly doubt he's actually going to go back and listen to this. So, I feel pretty confident saying that. So, I'm really excited. The more I see it, Detective Pikachu, the more fun it seems, the more fun I'm going to have with it. It just seems like a really cool time. Even as someone that's not a Pokemon fan, I think it's going to bring in the big bucks for those of us that are Pokemon fans. Something else that seems very interesting that I've seen lately is more and more of the new Elton John biopic. Kind of biopic? They're saying it's a hybrid um, called Rocket Man, which is the biopic of Elton John. I'm picturing like biopic meets um, Across the Universe, that uh, Beatles-esque movie. Uh, I'm kind of more convinced because I saw a very interesting video of the actor that will be playing Elton John, Taron Egerton, uh, singing with the real Elton John. And he seemed to really have a good voice. I think, I don't think I would really realize before this that Egerton could sing, Egerton, I think Joel Egerton, uh, Taron Egerton, I didn't really realize he could sing. I've been on board with this movie for a while because, holy crap, Egerton, Egerton, I get these mixed up all the time. Egerton looks so much like Elton John. It is crazy. I think he looks more like Elton John than Remy Malek did as Freddie Mercury, but I'm sure that's subjective. I, I'm not super familiar with Elton John. I think my earliest exposure to him without even realizing it was him doing the music for Lion King for his version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Um, but I like Elton John's music, and I'm very curious to see what they do with this movie. I hope, though that early on in this, the marketing campaign for this, it played up more of the fanciful and more of the across-the-universe type elements of the movie, but with the popular Bohemian Rhapsody, the trailers seem more and more Bohemian Rhapsody-styled of, look at this quirky and unique individual being so different and unique in the world of music and entertainment, and look at his rise to uniqueness and look how much he's just like Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm just like, you don't have to copy the Bohemian Rhapsody formula because it's popular. You can make your own movie. Don't, don't just copy what somebody else is doing. That being said, I'm still super excited for rocket man. Even as someone that's not like a huge Elton John fan, I'm a big Taron Egerton fan and I like Elton John enough that I'm curious enough to see this movie. If that makes sense. Now, this next story is kind of interesting, but I'm very much on board in hindsight of what this could lead to. So, Captain Marvel is coming out next week. Up until this point, I haven't been super excited for it. I just think the trailers have been pretty bad for it. it but that could just be because they're withholding some big things that happen in the movie. I'm hearing really positive things coming out of Captain Marvel, but so far the trailers haven't won me over. However, there seems to be this campaign to, like, sabotage the movie because it stars a female actress or it's a female-led movie with people leaving bad reviews and Rotten Tomatoes before the movie even comes out to try and tank the 
uh, overall approval rating, so people will be disinterested enough to see it and won't see it opening weekend, whatever, whatever, because people are petty and dumb. And I want this movie to do well, even if the trailers haven't looked that great to me. However, Rotten Tomatoes has taken this into their own hands and said fans can no longer leave reviews for a movie before it comes out. So the only people that can leave reviews for a movie or um, do the like want to see, don't want to see rating are actual critics, which why wasn't this a thing before? Because now you only have people that are actually recognized as film critics and not just obnoxious internet trolls being able to judge a movie before it comes out. So now you have people that actually have seen the movie able to put input in and not just trying to break the system or ruin things. And come on, people, we're above this. What The best thing that I've seen so far about this, besides Rotten Tomatoes putting them, um, just taking this into their own hands, which good for you, Rotten Tomatoes, is because it all comes back to DC somehow. Uh, Zachary Levi, the other, better, Captain Marvel, Shazam, which I know they're going to call him Shazam, but he's both. He's Shazam and Captain Marvel. It's a weird, complicated legal thing. Um, he's come out in support big time of Captain Marvel, which I think is awesome because there's no one that stands to gain more than Zachary Levi. He could he could easily just sit back and go, well, if these people want to sabotage Captain Marvel, it's not my movie. I could just sit back and watch this happen. And then when my movie comes out next month, whatever, more people on my Captain Marvel. But no, he's come out and he's like, guys, this ain't right. What are you doing? That's not fair to her. You haven't even seen the movie. Just because she's a girl and just because she has said some things that you may not necessarily agree with in the way that she phrased them, don't be, just don't do that. That's not right. Because he realizes that if they do it to her movie, they can do it to his movie. And he just understands what was happening was not right. Good for Zachary Levi. Makes me want to see Shazam even more. I have more respect for Zachary Levi as a person. Good for you for sticking up for someone that really they didn't need to be stood up. But it's nice to have support from the other side of DC helping Marvel. There really isn't as much of a rivalry as people think. I think the studios realize, hey, we can help each other because if you're doing well, we do well. And it's just better for business all around. So good for Zachary Levi. Good for Rotten Tomatoes for taking the step of, hey, no trolls. We're not going to let you win this time. And yeah, I'm on board for this. Now, I mentioned earlier about Rami Malek, who recently played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was in the headlines recently, as his name has come up to be the villain in the new Bond film, Bond 25, which doesn't have an official title yet. Daniel Craig's last run as James Bond before someone, probably Henry Cavill, takes over as the new Bond. I'm so on board if they want to bring in Rami Malek. I really liked him as an actor. And also, he could be super creepy. For those of you who play video games, one of my favorites to play every Halloween is one called Until Dawn, which is essentially a choose-your-own-adventure game, except it's like a teen slasher slash mystery of like you play as different characters that have to survive until dawn. And uh, each chapter you play a little bit as each character and he and it's motion capture. So you have Rami Malek, Hayden Panettiere, that guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Rami Malek can be creepy and unsettling. And I really would like to see what he does as a villain. If nothing else, just copy and paste his over-the-top charisma from Bohemian Rhapsody and make that a villain. Like, 
if Freddie Mercury was an evil mustache twirling, literally mustache twirling, uh, villain from James Bond with a big old mansion of flair, I would be so down for that. That would be so much fun. But I think Rami Malek, who's most known for um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, Mr. Robot. Uh, I've not seen Mr. Robot. I've heard really good things about it. I think he won an Emmy for that as well. I, I'd be very curious if he takes more of that approach and more stoic, more over the top. Roman Malek's just a great actor, and I really would like to see what he brings to the table. Hopefully we can usher out Daniel Craig in a meaningful way, and we can go out on a high note with him as Bond and not Spectre, which I wasn't a huge fan of. It was pretty disappointing. Well... Another piece of news that's come out recently that I am so very much on board with is Haunting of Hill House. It has been taking Netflix by storm, and I've recently gotten into it. I know it's been out for a while, but I've recently gotten into it. I'm like halfway through season one. I'm kicking myself that I didn't watch this sooner. I love it. I love Haunting of Hill House. But why am I talking about it now? It is because it has been renewed for a second season. It'll be The Haunting of, I think, Blinn house it's gonna be a different house it's gonna be a different family however director mike flanagan will be coming back to direct this new season oh if i had known it was mike flanagan doing haunting of hill house i would have watched the show along much earlier than i do now i love this show so much primarily because i love mike flanagan this is the same guy that did oculus and hush two i think of the most underrated horror movies out there i love both of them so much and if you like oculus You'll like Haunting of Hill House and vice versa. If you like Haunting of Hill House, check out his previous movie, Oculus, which I believe is still on Netflix. His style of horror is very much the style that I like of uncomfortable ambiance, um, fantastic cinematography, like, oh, some of the best cinematography you're going to see in modern horror, fantastic sound editing. Of There's a lot of times in Haunting of Hill House and his other films, there's no score and you just have the ambient noise, which is even creepier, just creaking floorboards, um, just stuff that just makes you unsettled and creeps you out. That way, you build up the anticipation of when you actually do get scared, it's a good scare and a meaningful scare, not just a random cheap jump scare. I'm super excited to see Haunting of Hill House Season 2. I'm really curious to see where they go with the story. I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm I always want more and more horror. I love horror. I love Haunting of Hill House. I just, I need more and more and more. I need more Flanagan in my life. And please, 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 can we at some point get Mike Flanagan to direct a horror, a Halloween movie? That is all I need in life. Just hush, except instead of the killer, it's Michael Myers. Please do this. And for our last bit of news today, we have somewhat other horror news. John Krasinski took the world by storm last year when he directed A Quiet Place, which I still think was the best movie of 2018. I loved A Quiet Place so much. Um, he has announced that he will be returning to A Quiet Place 2 to direct the film, which makes me super happy. He posted a picture on Twitter. I couldn't tell from the picture. It was like him behind a camera. I couldn't tell if he was like on the set of A Quiet Place 2 or if it was just a behind-the-scenes picture from the first A Quiet Place. Um, not only is he coming back, he's coming back to direct it, and his wife, Emily Blunt, will be returning. Without dipping into spoilers for A Quiet Place, the first one, I don't think John Krasinski will be coming back to act in the movie. Uh, just just a hunch, though. 
I'll be really hopeful to see the rest of the cast return with the two kids. I love them in the first one, especially the girl. I loved Emily Blunt. I'm glad to see she's returning. I'm just really excited to see where they take this story. I love The Quiet Place so much, and I love Krasinski's direction. He really seemed to understand horror and really seemed to know what worked and what made you sit on the edge of your seat and it made me super excited. I loved it so much, and I'm really excited to see where he takes it from here. So, for our main discussion today, I let you guys kind of ask various movie-related questions that you would like to hear my thoughts or opinions on, and they kind of were all over the place, but the more I thought about them, I really liked the questions you guys submitted, so let's break right into it. So, one of you guys asked, what actors do their own stunts? Um, I don't really know that much about stunt work. All I know is whatever stuntmen are paid is not nearly enough, and we should have a stuntman category in the Oscars, because stuntmen are very underappreciated. The ones that I know off the top of my head are the two like go-to names of do-their-own-stunts because they're the best at what they do and they're crazy for doing it. And that's Tom Cruise. But my personal favorite in terms of this man is nuts and should probably have died several times over by now, Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan for his stunt work primarily because there's a great video I saw once of Jackie Chan. His stunt work is so intricate and so great to watch on camera because he's such a perfectionist of he has said numerous times what I do on camera anyone could do it's a matter of having the time and the patience to do it there's shots of him in various movies of doing it over and over and over and over again until he got it just right of doing different things because he had that I want it done this certain way I'll do it how I want to do it and it'll look better if it's done practically i really always appreciated that about jackie chan of like i want it done this way it looks better on camera and it looks better for a movie if i physically do it myself and not use trick photography like a lot of other action movies with a lot of editing he has a particular way of doing it and does his own stunts from more or less day one and i the stuff that he's done over the years i don't know how that man is still alive he is the luckiest dude in the world um he has fallen off buildings he's gotten seriously injured he's been electrocuted all kinds of different stuff but i always respected him for that his worth his work ethic is fantastic his personality is amazing the modern day equivalent of that is tom cruise because the dude takes his life in his own hands the appeal of any of the mission impossible movies lately has always been what nuts thing is tom cruise gonna do next whether it's the halo jump from mission impossible fallout or hanging on the side of a flying plane the mission impossible rogue nation or scaling the side of a building in uh ghost protocol all of us just nuts but the man appreciates the value of stunt work and showing okay that's definitely tom cruise it's different in a scene knowing that that's physically the actor there and not instead of some far-off shot that you're kind of emotionally disconnected from the scene because you're like, well, that's clearly a stuntman. I'm not as invested. Whereas if you see uh, Tom Cruise scaling the side of the Burj Khalifa in Ghost Protocol, get nice close-ups of him on the side of a building, and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually Tom Cruise. Hopefully he's going to be okay. It's really just, as much as the dude is nuts, it's kind of cool and respect. I have major respect for him that he's willing to put his body on the line. Case in point, uh, the most recent Mission Impossible, there's a scene in the movie that he breaks his ankle, but they leave it in the shot because he's just like, nope, I'm pressing on. I'm going to make this happen. 
you can actually see he's jumping from one rooftop to another and he shatters his ankle and he keeps running and he actually limps in the scene because he broke it. Um, but yeah, Tom Cruise, as crazy as that dude has been, I will always respect his stunt work. It is out of this world, which Tom Cruise, do not take that as a challenge to do something in space for the next Mission Impossible. Don't do it. Um, one of you guys asked, the top three DC movies I want to see that are not Man of Steel 2 or Nightwing, because those are the ones that I ask for more than any other, like an old man shouting at the clouds. I will also add this other stipulation of it cannot be anything that is currently in development or is coming out, like the Shazam movie or the Flash movie, because those are already happening. I can't ask for something that's already happening. Um, I have two that are relatively normal and one that's very much out of left field. Um, I would love to see a John Stewart led Green Lantern movie, like a Green Lantern core movie. Supposedly it's in development, but I don't believe it. Uh, John Stewart was the Green Lantern watching the Justice League animated series, which was fantastic. Um, and I didn't really discover Hal Jordan, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, which side note, he was not a bad Green Lantern. The movie's not that good, but Ryan Reynolds was not a bad Hal Jordan. It was not an awful movie, I don't think. There's far worse. But Jon Stewart's Green Lantern was the one I grew up with, with Justice League, with his relationship with Hawk Girl. I really enjoyed his Green Lantern. I would like to see him interacting with the rest of the Green Lantern Corps. So, like, for those of you unfamiliar with the Green Lantern Corps, the Green Lanterns are essentially space cops. So... Each sector, quote-unquote, galax- like galaxy is a sector, and there are various Green Lanterns in charge of different sectors. So Earth has a couple different uh, Green Lanterns that protect their sector. The one I'm most familiar with is Jon Stewart. So I would like to see him. It'd be nice to have some more diversity in our superhero films. So I would like to see Jon Stewart be a leading man in a Green Lantern movie. Um, another DC movie I would like to see. Not necessarily direct adaptation but some form or version of batman under the red hood primarily because i said i wouldn't include a nightwing movie but not a movie that includes nightwing loopholes are great aren't they um so essentially under the red hood is one of my all-time favorite batman story arcs what happens in it is there's this new threat called red hood who's going through Gotham and killing all the mobsters. He's basically doing Batman's job, except doing it more brutally and leaving no survivors in his wake. Batman has to figure out who Red Hood is. It's someone very close to him from his past. Um, stop Red Hood, stop Joker, and has teams up with Nightwing at various points in the story. It's a very good emotional story. It's got a very... Oh, I just really enjoyed the story of Red Hood as a very personal story to Batman. It's a great arc. They teased it in Batman vs. Superman, and then Zack Snyder had to go and destroy my dreams by saying it was Dick Grayson that was the dead Robin, not Jason Todd, but uh, that's a rant for another day that I promise I won't get into here. But Under the Red Hood is one of my favorite Batman storylines and could reasonably happen in a movie. It wouldn't require as much side characters as, say, like a Hush or even a Long Halloween or a Blackest Night, which would be great. But there's a lot of other build-up that would be required for those stories. Under the Red Hood could be very self-contained. Wouldn't need a huge cast of supporting characters. You just need Batman, Nightwing, Red Hood, Joker, your standard main people. Also, it would be nice to have a Batman story that Joker isn't the main villain and kind of be a supporting character for once. Um, Lastly, this is going to sound like a weird pick, but a DC movie I would love to see is The Spectre. 
So the Spectre is a very obscure character, but he's essentially this Spectre that is super powerful that more or less is a representative of the underworld. He's he's like if Ghost Rider was a literal ghost. This guy is one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe, and I would like it primarily because I want at least one horror DC movie, since I highly doubt we're getting Justice League Dark anytime soon because Guillermo del Toro keeps getting himself attached to projects and then leaving those projects. Um, the Spectre, I think, could be a really cool horror-inspired film. It seems a little out there, and I highly doubt it'll ever happen, but I think that's the basis of this question of movies that I would like to see, but I don't think will actually happen. Um, I'd like to see a Teen Titans movie, a Young Justice movie. don't think those will happen, but I think those would be great, too. Anything that can get me some form of a Nightwing, please. But Spectre, Spectre could be great horror. And yes, please, I want horror in my superhero movies. Just, just one time. Except for New Mutants. That looks really weird. Um, another one of you guys asked, At what point do you stop caring about the story of a movie and accept it for the wild ride that the movie is? Um, I think it depends on the movie and if the movie's willing to meet me halfway. Like, if a movie is trying to take itself so seriously, then I can't take it seriously. But if it's a movie, say, like Pacific Rim, that it's knows exactly what it is. It's a giant robot versus giant monsters fighting movie. Then, okay, I'm more inclined to roll with it. Or a movie like um, Drive Angry, which on paper should be really, really dumb, but, and makes no logical sense. It's Nicolas Cage as a dude that drives cars and fights a devil that's trying to find a baby. It's like the devil's tax man or something that's trying to find a baby to do a ritual sacrifice to bring the devil back to the earth and Nicolas Cage with really bad hair. And it's super weird and confusing. By all logic, I should hate it. But I love this movie because it's a lot of fun. Also, because I have really good me memories associated with Josh because we did five good things about it. Um, yeah, I think a movie, if a movie is willing to meet me halfway and is at least fun, like I... Don't know why, but I like the movie Clash of the Titans. By all logical sense, I should hate this movie because it is dumb. It's a really bad movie, but I have a lot of fun with it, and I don't know why. I think if a movie can have fun with itself and doesn't expect me to put on a lot of effort, then maybe I'm more inclined to just let it go and have fun with it, I think, really. Um, another one of you guys asked my thoughts on stop-motion movies. I... It's a genre that I have not necessarily gotten super deep into. I think primarily because I can't think of a lot of others at the time being. The only ones that I can really think of are the old Rankin and Bass Christmas specials, like A Year Without a Santa Claus, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, I grew up on those. Those are a lot of fun. Also, I remember watching in the theater um, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I watched that once or twice I think that's probably one of the top ones, probably just because I haven't seen a lot of stop motion. I'm really, I really want to see Kubo and the Two Strings. That's really, really good. Oh, um, I'm trying to remember if it was or not, or if it was just this specific animation style. Somebody comment below, um, was Monster House a stop motion or was it an animated movie that was just framed like a stop motion? Because if that's a stop motion, I really like Monster House a lot, but I could buy that as either being an animated movie or a stop motion movie but i think it's animated um yeah stop motion is not necessarily a category that i'm super familiar with but 
I'd be curious too. Too, like I've heard really good things about Kubo and the Two Strings. That's top by priority list. There's that one coming out uh, by the same guy that did Kubo and the Two Strings with Hugh Jackman and uh, Sasquatch trying to find a Yeti. That the trailer has made me laugh a couple times for that. So I might check that one out. Um. So you'll never guess who submitted this question. Favorite memory with Josh. Thanks for the question, Josh. Even when you're not here, your snark and sass is definitely felt. Well, guess what? I will answer this, um, even though you're not here. I remember one of my earliest memories with Josh was when we were in college. Neither of us had seen Fight Club. So uh, the two of us and a buddy of ours, uh, we watched Fight Club in the dorm room. That was more or less the first time we hung out. Uh, We were all on the phones watching this movie in pitch black. Just cool bonding time. Um, He and I used to do this series on the main Uncharted Media channel called Five Good Things, which is still to this day uh, my favorite series that we've ever done on the channel where we take bad movies and try and find five good things about them. Suffering together brings you closer. Um, so we suffered through a lot of crap. Uh, Last Airbender. Um, oh, the, oh, uh, Drive Angry, which ended up being great. The Wicker Man. Left Behind. We had a whole Nicolas Cage month once. It was great. Uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Like, the worst of the worst, like really bad movies, but we had so much fun poking um, fun at those and just trying to appreciate filmmaking aspects. Like Josh and I, we try to be positive people, but sometimes it's just, it's not going to happen. But having, watching those bad movies, always a lot of fun. Glad we got to do them and hopefully we can get to do a couple more in the future at some point. Um, Marvel movies we need, but we'll never get. Um, I genuinely think we're never going to see Blade in the MCU, but I think it'd be great if we could. He'd be I love the character of Blade, the concept of Blade. I don't think it's going to happen in the MCU. Um, people keep crying out for Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight would be really, really cool. Actually, the more I think about this, there's one scenario that I've always thought would be fantastic, but I know for a fact we will never get. Kingpin from the Netflix Daredevil series versus Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Oh, I I want that so bad. I want Kingpin versus Spider-Man. I oh man, or just some form of crossover like Daredevil meets Spider-Man. That would be great. But that will never happen. I would love that, but um no. Or Punisher in the MCU. I don't think that's going to happen. Um Namor the Submariner. Even though he came before Aquaman, Aquaman's popularity definitely overshadows Namor nowadays. I think Namor could be really interesting, but there's been rumors for a while that Namor will show up in the MCU, but I, I'll believe it when I see it, especially now that Aquaman's come out. People might accuse Marvel of stealing from DC, even though Marvel admittedly did it first. Um, Yeah, I think Namor, Kingpin meeting Spider-Man and having his face off there, uh, Moon Knight... I don't necessarily need a Silver Surfer movie, but I think it'd be cool to see more of the cosmic characters. Um, So yeah, and our last question of the day was submitted by my lovely wife. Uh, What Netflix series would I like to see become a thing? Um, So a while back, um, the topic of the Uncharted movie, which I swear will never happen, came up with Tom Holland, like, supposedly as being a young Nathan Drake and I, this movie will never happen. Um, but I keep, I was venting to Heather one day, uh, my frustration of why won't this be a thing? And she's just like, 
Well, why don't they just turn it into a Netflix series? And I think that was the best um, idea that I'd never even thought of. That I was just still like, that's a really good idea. And now, ever since she suggested it, I want nothing more than an uncharted Netflix series where each season, Nathan Drake, Elena, Sully, and the rest of the gang, each season is a specific treasure that they're trying to find, whether that's the city of El Dorado um, Atlantis, Excalibur, different, notor- like very famous treasures throughout time. I think that'd be great. Like, um, I like the librarian movies. It'd basically be like that. Not the librarian TV show, the actual movies. That could be a lot of fun. One that's kind of out of left field that I thought about on my drive home from work when I was thinking about this question, I thought was getting turned into a Netflix series, but I haven't seen no development on it is the Magic Treehouse series of books that I used to read all the time as a kid. Those would take me like 15, 20 minutes to read, but I read them all the time. Of these two kids, Jack and Annie, that had this Magic Treehouse that would take them to various points in time and history, and they'd learn about stuff like Revolutionary War, the Amazon Rainforest, Revolutionary War, uh, Pompeii, uh, all over the place. And it was great. I liked these adventures a lot. Um... I think that would be a great show for kids. Let me get live action. They go all different places in time, have these cool adventures, uh, doing tasks for Morgana Le Fay, which that kind of ruined me as a kid when I realized that Morgan Le Fay was actually evil in most mythologies and she's only good in the Magic Treehouse books, but whatever. Apparently her and Merlin were friends in these books, but in most every other iteration of their sworn enemies, that kind of ruined me when I discovered that. Uh, I would still love to see Magic Tree House. I think that'd be great. Basically have the Stranger Things kids vibe just with a more adventure style. Like Magic School Bus meets Uncharted meets Stranger Things is kind of how I would pitch it. Now, this last one admittedly is going to be divisive among some people, but the number one thing besides Uncharted, I want an Uncharted Netflix series. Let's get that straight. But closely behind Netflix, behind Uncharted, I mean, I would love to see a Friday the 13th Netflix series. Why? One, because I don't know the legal status of the movies, and it's going to be a while before we get to the movies. But one of the main criticisms I've had forever of almost all the Friday the 13th movies is the characterizations of people are incredibly weak. People are there essentially to die at the hands of Jason. Okay, cool. Now, what happens if we gave them actual character development of, like, actually have a season with certain characters before Jason offs them? Maybe it takes place over a week span at Camp Crystal Lake or something. Actually give time to dedicate to the characters, dedicate to Jason, make it worth watching. Not just a movie, but have it be an interesting season. Now, you could say, eh, I don't know if that necessarily works. It worked for Scream. The Scream show was incredibly popular, and that's based off a movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be verbatim of, this is the established lore. And legally, I don't know what the Friday the 13th universe could do right now because of the lawsuit, but I I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea to have a Friday the 13th Netflix series. Netflix is killing it right now with horror, with uh, Haunting of Hill House, Stranger Things, um, Oculus, Hush. I enjoy horror, and I would love to see more of the world of Friday the 13th. Maybe I just missed that and because it's been like a decade since the last Friday the 13th movie. But I think a Netflix... Friday the 13th series could be a sleeper hit if ever that happened. Well, what do you guys think? 
anything stand out to you today? Do you really want Josh back? Let him know. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go rest now. Rest my vocal cords. Josh, get back soon. We miss you. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.